The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Now Jesus took Peter and John and James and he went up the mountain to pray. Well, while he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but but becoming fully awake now, they, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Oh, let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them. They became frightened and when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. This, this is obviously a, a very important gospel. It's found in all three of the synoptics, and, and the versions aren't that much different from each other. Jesus takes Peter and James and John up to the mountain, for it is the, the trysting place. It's the meeting place of God. They are going on that journey, and today we are invited to go on that exact same journey with them into the heart of the divine. As I was reading the story, I was reminded of a, a story of another four travelers on a journey to meet what they, what they thought was going to be the divine. Uh, we follow Dorothy and the scarecrow and the cowardly lion and the tin man into the city of Oz where they climb the mountain to find the divine one who can grant their prayer. Jesus and James and John and Peter are going up to pray. And they are going to say and pray to the great Oz that they too be granted their prayer, their wish, their hope. It's, it's an incredible juxtaposition between the two stories and, and, and they are exactly mere images of absolute opposites. Because as Dorothy and her companions and her company go into the great hall of Oz and are overwhelmed with the magnificence of everything that is exterior, her little dog Toto comes, pulls the curtain, and reveals behind the great curtain of the great Oz this scrawny, simple little man. That is the exact opposite of what's happening at Mount Tabor. Because the man Jesus, the fully human one Jesus, goes up the mountain with Peter and James and John, and there the veil is parted again. There the curtain is lifted one more time. But this time, instead of seeing the human one, 
we behold the divine. The descriptions are pretty much the same. His clothing is radiant white. His face glows. Because what is on the inside is betrayed by the outside. What's going on the inside is absolutely magnificent. As the curtain in in the Wizard of Oz is torn asunder, we we have the little scrawny flim-flam man saying, "Uh, uh, uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Don't look at him. There's nothing to see here, boys and girls. Everything is on the outside. Everything is what I want to project to you. Everything is what I want you to see outside of myself. I don't want you to see who I really am because I'm not quite sure that he knows who he really is. Jesus is, is exactly the opposite. In Jesus, we have the voice of God come in the cloud and say, this is my son. This is my beloved. The man, Jesus, is revealing who the deepest reality of who he is. And that is the Christ. That is the anointed one. That is the divine one. The voice tells us us not to pay any attention, but to listen to his voice. God comes and we see through who he is. Now, you know, in in the gospel, matter of fact, all three, all four gospels, there is no physical description of Jesus. We don't know if he was tall or if he was short. Uh, One thing we know for sure, He didn't have blue eyes and blonde hair. Uh, Tinseltown wants us always to think that, and and shaven armpits. He didn't do that. No, no, he he looked quite Jewish, I'm quite sure. Very, very Semitic. But today, what is being unveiled is the radiance and the power of God. Now, Now, the first thing out of the sham wizard is pay no attention to this man behind the curtain. Don't look at me. The first thing out of the mouth of God is listen to him. The question for us, as we too climb the mountain, for we too want to be in communion with that peak experience. We too want to know what is at the top of the mountain. We're never quite satisfied with what we have right here and right now. So we too go up the mountain to discover And we need to pay attention to him. What's he saying? What's he saying? What's happening here? Well, both Jesus and the wizard are revealing their deepest identity. The deepest identity of the man, Jesus, is the divine Christ. The wizard really doesn't know who he is. Doesn't know who he is inside. And so he spends all of his time projecting an image on the outside that's only smoke and mirrors, only an illusion, only something that that the ego always wants to project outside of itself so that we think there's really something there because we're so afraid, he's so petrified, that inside there's nothing. He doesn't really know what is in there. We two are on that journey. And we want to know what's in there as well. 
and we too are going to climb that mountain. We too want that Maslow peak experience. We want that ecstasy. There is nothing in this earth that is going to satisfy us, not even a Snickers, you know. There's always something more. Our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. We know the drill. We've heard the song. The hunger is always going to be there, so we are going to keep walking. We're just going to keep climbing the mountain. We're going to keep seeking. We're going to keep asking. We want that moment of ecstasy. And when we arrive, one of those whom we follow will lead to life. The other will lead to disappointment or maybe even destruction. Because no, no matter how shiny the metal, how beautiful the gold, how hard we were to win first place, it's going to be passing away. And it's never going to fully satisfy us. Right now, in our world, we have a man who thinks he is the wizard and can make a country bow to his will. He is a flim-flam man. He's causing havoc and suffering and pain for the glory of what? Subjecting people to his will? When the curtain is pulled away, we have a very insecure man who's saying, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. We are not to pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. Rather, what we must do is listen to the voice of the one who speaks God's word. In the midst of the vision, in the midst of all this glory, what do we have? We have Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah, talking to the, the law and the prophets. And what are they talking about? Talking about his journey. And where is the journey going to lead him? Into descent. Right before this gospel begins, right before this passage begins, Jesus is telling his disciples, the Son of Man is going to descend. He's going to be suffering. He's going to be rejected by the, the scribes, the elders, the church, the political world. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. And on the third day, he will rise. They have no idea what he is talking about. And so in order to prepare them for what is going to take place, and they are going to have to follow him. If they are his disciples, the disciple is one who follows. If we are the disciples of the Christ, then the journey that he makes, we have to make. If we want to ascend to the top of the mountain and have that peak experience of what the fullness of life is about, then we have to descend into the depths of the mystery of the cross that we would rather not bear. We need, and the Gospels tells us that the, the disciples needed the strength to endure what was about to be done to them in order to enter the kingdom of God. And what needs to be done? 
We need to carry the cross. We need in solidarity to endure the pain. Standing in solidarity with those who are right now suffering. The only way we can ascend to the heights is to go into the depths. And when we go down deep enough into the darkness, we discover a light that will not be dimmed, that a darkness can never overtake. There is a, a light that can never be dispelled by the darkness. There is a darkness that can never, ever, ever overcome the light. And in the midst of the darkness which we are enduring right now, which the word, world is enduring right now, we are invited to, to journey. Now, it really is a dangerous journey. It is filled with detours and pits and dead ends. Our job is to stay on the path. Oh, not the yellow brick road, but the narrow path, the razor's edge that Jesus tells us and invites us to walk to do everything we can to support those on the front lines of suffering. I think our role right now is to be Simeon, to be conscripted to help to carry the cross of the Christ. We have the audacity to dare to be, believe that uh, no matter what's going on, no matter how difficult the situation is, we're going to be successful. We're going to come out the other side. There is a light in the darkness. We need to keep our eyes on the prize, but always, always willing to carry and bear the cross, to pay the price. We cannot go along with those whose God is their belly, whose shame is their glory. We dare to stand up with those who see something beyond, with those who see that there really is a deeper reality. It is the beauty of the divine that dwells in each and every soul in the world.